This is the Joe and Amber podcast. And written on my screen today, from James Steele's computer to mine, the topic that we start the show with in the A block says, I think we all probably wish we were getting a Celtics Nuggets final because then we wouldn't have to hear Amber talk about the Heat all day. I don't. I'm with you on this. I know you want the Heat in there because they're your team. I, I don't want the Celtics in the final. I, I, they had every opportunity to not play bad basketball on multiple occasions, and then they just kept playing bad basketball. They deserve to be out. Your Heat deserve to be in. I have your back. Now, I might be betting Denver in a sweep. More on that throughout the night when we <laughs> oh, talk about pizza money. But I do have your back that the Heat should be here. I do think it's fair, though, when we're looking at the Boston Celtics to also recognize they didn't play an exciting brand of basketball during that series at all. Like, why would the country really want to see them? Now, I understand the NBA, probably secretly, would prefer the Celtics-Lakers matchup that at one point the NBA maybe thought it was going to get because the whole storied franchise thing, LeBron and the finals, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Without the markets, though, playing a factor or without the history of the franchises, which, listen, the history of the Miami Heat the last couple decades, this century has been far superior to the history of the Boston Celtics. But just in terms of how these teams have been playing basketball, Boston wasn't exciting to watch. I mean, they they almost gave it away in game six. They obviously lost the three straight. Game seven was a blowout. I don't know why James wants any more of that than watching my Miami Heat. I know I'm biased. I think the Heat are the better story here only the second eighth seed ever to make it to an NBA finals the last time it happened it was quite literally a different century than this one it is quite the story with the undrafted players even if Spo doesn't want us to mention it and then on the other side of things Denver's a heck of a story too and they were getting overlooked because of LA and all the other big names in the west Jokic is the best player in the NBA and he's getting an opportunity here to shine, hopefully not shine, but getting an opportunity to shine on the biggest stage. We always make a lot out of these situations regarding the markets and whether or not it's the most appealing matchup. I get it. You want your storylines. I think a lot of that is more prominent and resonates more when you talk about boxing, fighting, things of that nature when it's one-on-one. Here, I don't necessarily care about that in hockey, in football. I don't care about it anywhere. I want the matchup to play out in compelling fashion. That's what I'd like. I don't care if they're two of the most unknown teams imaginable. If the matchup plays out in compelling fashion, it will suck everybody in. People will get wrapped up in that. You don't need... What good is Lakers-Celtics if it's a 4-0 sweep and all four wins are blowout wins and nothing's interesting, right? Like, the the Warrior-Raptor series was going really well right up until you had Durant pop his Achilles and then Clay tear his knee and everyone just kind of had this sense of foreboding dread about how it was going to play out. So for right now, I am going into this open-minded. I'm very excited about Denver. I'm very excited about Miami. I'm very excited that your team's here. If your team fails to show up, we will be addressing it ad nauseum on this program from start to finish. A lot of people are concerned. We're going to do Saturday and Sunday shows 
to talk about Miami getting blown out if that's well, what it is. Well, that's happening. not happening. In fact, no, I'm probably taking idea. the entire next week off. James just doesn't want to have to work <laughs> extra, so there's that. But I will say that if the NBA cannot sell this matchup to the people, right, when you do have, who should be, frankly, the biggest star in the game, in Jokic on Denver, a multi-time MVP who plays basketball at such an unbelievable level, the way that man plays, the things he does with the way he looks, I mean, it's bizarre. You have to witness it if you haven't watched much Denver Nuggets basketball. And then the best coach in the league on the other side for the Miami Heat and the biggest star in these playoffs in Jimmy Butler on the Miami Heat. There are storylines galore here. A lot of people, though, concerned that it's going to be a blowout. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in for game one of the NBA Finals tomorrow night. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. What does that mean for Joe and Amber? It means there is no Joe and Amber tomorrow. So it means that we're going to be spending a whole lot of time today getting you ready for those NBA Finals. You said you're betting the sweep, or you certainly strongly implied <laughs> it here at the beginning of the show, not the sweep for the Miami Heat. Not sure anybody's putting money on that. Unfortunately, the sweep for the Denver Nuggets. A lot of people feeling like that, that Denver's going to make easy work of Miami. I will say the thing I'm taking solace in as a Miami Heat fan, a lot of people thought that about the Milwaukee Bucks. A lot of people thought that about the Boston Celtics. Maybe some people even thought that about the New York Knicks. So Denver's a minus 410 favorite to win this series, which means you're risking $410 to win 100. On the comeback, which is how we talk about the other side of the equation, the Miami Heat, they're plus 320. That means a $100 wager would return $320 in profit should they go on to win. You don't just have to play the series. You can play exact outcomes. You can bet a sweep. You can bet uh, Denver 4-1. You can bet Miami 4-3. You have all those options. You can also lay games. You could bet Denver to win this series minus one and a half games. What does that mean? They would have to win 4-2, which is by two games. They'd have to win 4-1 or 4-0 in order for you to cash that ticket. So throughout the course of the show, I will be laying out some of my futures bets. I haven't found a lot of people here in Las Vegas who have a lot to say about Miami in a positive way. There's a lot they're dealing with here. Number one, major rest advantage for the Denver Nuggets. Number two, altitude. Denver plays at almost 5,400 feet. Miami's elevation is six feet. I looked it up earlier today. Six feet. That's an inch uh, taller than b- me. By the way, overstating it. I'm here to tell you, as somebody who lived in Miami for a very long time and spent a lot of that time practically underwater, so many times unable to get out of her driveway because of the flooding, I am here to tell you, that's six feet below sea level, that city. Six feet is Everest <laughs> lie compared it. to what it really is? Yes. I mean, I'm telling you, that is so generous. Six feet makes it sound like there's mountains in Miami. That's how underwater that city is. So you got a lot they're battling. Not only that, not only is there the rest, the home court, the elevation, you're also battling things like Miami. This Denver offense is something Miami hasn't seen yet. You might have seen it against Milwaukee, but then Giannis got hurt. You certainly didn't see it against the Knicks, who have no offense, at least in that series. Julius Randle was terrible. And then against Boston, they went MIA in how many games they couldn't knock down a shot. They were shooting 20% from deep over their last two games. It was absolutely pathetic. So you're going to be facing a lot here. There's a lot on your plate. Does it mean you can't win? No, absolutely not. But this is a very tall order for your Miami Heat to win four of the next seven games. I am seeing nobody outside of the Miami market and the people I listen to down there say anything positive about the Miami Heat's chances against this team. I understand it. I understand why. I'm not even mad about it. One of the things that's a little annoying about these finals, frankly, is like I don't have a bunch of animosity 
for the Denver Nuggets. I want to. There was one scuffle between Jimmy Butler and the Jokic brothers years ago and all that that got a little heated. I'm trying to hang on to that. Don't mess with those Jokic brothers. Those guys aren't taking around. I'm trying to hang on to the energy and and really uh, bring up some ill will towards it. Like This ain't the Boston Celtics, in other words, in terms of how Miami feels about this team. So it's hard for me to even be angry about all the coverage for the Denver Nuggets and all the confidence in the Denver Nuggets in this series. I understand what it looks like on paper. I also understood what it looked like against these other teams that Miami just had to run through in the East to get to this point and to get to this level. Some of it with Miami and what they've done here in the postseason, it's impossible to quantify. You certainly can't go back and look at the regular season matchups between these teams. You can't go back and look at the regular season numbers with these teams and compare it in any way. All you can do is take the postseason. And the one weakness that Denver has a little bit that maybe Miami can extort is defensively. Because you're right, that Denver offense is a juggernaut. That defense Defense does have some cracks in the foundation. So we want to hear from you. Do you think the Miami Heat have any chance in this thing? Do you see this like Joe as a sweep for the Denver Nuggets? Chime in about your thoughts here on the NBA Finals. We're going to continue this discussion next. We're going to open up the phone lines. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joe and Amber, the podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. And the Miami Heat become the first eighth seed ever to win an NBA championship, or is the one seed in the West going to be the juggernaut that they have seemed to be all season long? We are talking about the NBA Finals that tips off tomorrow night. We're also taking your phone calls. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Before we get to your calls, I see all you lined up. Roland, Chris, Antoine, Matt, everybody else. Please stay on hold for us. First, Joe's got a little advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
All right, let's do some accounting. One and one yesterday, minus .3 units. Overall, 130 wins, 123 defeats, one push, plus 9.55 units. Game one, NBA Finals. Laying the nine with the Denver Nuggets over the Miami Heat. I think this is an absolutely brutal spot for Miami for several reasons. Number one, they just played game seven against Boston on Monday night. Three nights later, they have to play at altitude against a very well-rested Nuggets team that is 8-0 at home this postseason, winning by an average of 12 points per game. Keep in mind, Denver hasn't lost at home since March 30th. That's not exactly last week. Compounding the issue for Boston is that historically this is a bad spot. Over the last 20 years, teams coming off a Game 7 win are covering the point spread only 34% of the time in the ensuing Game 1. We saw it with the Warriors against the Lakers. They got cracked. We saw it with the Celtics against the Heat. They got cracked. Pizza Money number 1 for tonight. NBA Finals Game 1. Nuggets minus 9 over the Heat. The Finals. Who out there outside of South Floridians is saying right now out loud, oh yeah, I'll take the heat to win? Nobody's saying that. But sometimes teams have a chemistry. They have a belief. I think from top to bottom, both of these teams have immense playoff and championship presence. Denver is a far better team. I have them winning. I won't be surprised if Miami challenges or if they go on the win. Hey man, Jimmy gonna walk in there and he gonna go who? Okay, Perk. Nobody outside of Miami was calling for them to win against the Milwaukee Bucks or certainly against the Boston Celtics in the ECF either. So yes, it's probably true. Ain't many people outside the Miami market calling for the Miami Heat to win this thing, but there's always a chance, do you believe? Triple Eight, say ESPN. That's where we find Roland. Roland is calling us from Arkansas. Hey, Roland, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, y'all, listen, how's it going? Um, this game is done. Miami better not even get on the plane. They might as well keep their bags packed, enjoy the beach, enjoy a drink. Let's go. This series is done. They have no chance. They played an injured Bucks team. They played a mediocre Knicks team. And they played a, a team in the Celtics who plays down to every team that they played. They were out coached. They have no chance. No answer for the Joker. Let's go. All right. Well, that wasn't the call that I wanted to hear, but a lot of you people asked feeling for calls. It's important to know you asked for calls. I did. Uh, I did. Uh, the, you know, the power that I thought I'd have when I got my own show, not quite the power that I actually possess here at oh, ESPN no? Radio. James Steele screening these calls. He teed that one up first, loved it, just gloating the whole time that caller was talking, you know cracking up, loving every second of I, that call. I was laughing, but that's just, he just, he's the first one who called in. I, I don't have any control over that. <laughs> A lot of people, I doubt that. A lot of people having the confidence that Roland has when it comes to this matchup. And again, I understand why. I understand what it looks like. I understand what it's looked like before when those two teams have matched up. And then, of course, there's the advantage for Denver, which Joe just talked about, in terms of the altitude, in terms of that home court advantage. Spo just said, and I quote at his presser, if Denver wants to tip off at the top of Everest, we'll do that. This is a team in the Miami Heat that ain't scurred. And Spo went on to joke about turning off the air conditioning in Miami when Denver comes to town because it'll be hot for them. Obviously a joke uh, hearkening back there to what that 2011 NBA finals that I believe Miami lost to Dallas. Nevertheless, 
it is real that we were talking a lot about the weather. Remember the Knicks? They were coming down to Miami. It was too hot for the Knicks to win in Miami. Maybe it'll be too hot, okay, for Denver to deal with. My, it's very hot down here. I can tell you that. Very hot, Joe. Yeah, I, again, going back to the comments a few weeks ago, were they from Jalen Rose or who was talking about that? I, these games are played indoors, so I don't really understand the heat <laughs> but it's aspect. it's the walk to the arena. Also, too, maybe this will be too much humidity for Jokic, right? Like, he's not ready. Like, his young lungs will be too, like, there's too much oxygen, you know, because he's, he's used to the thin, dry. Too much oxygen. It's too much moisture in the air. He will be a shell of himself. Matt. I would say focus more on the fact that Bam Adebayo has gotten absolutely worked by Nikola Jokic in virtually every matchup he's ever had with him. Maybe if you turn up the humidity, it could help. But Adebayo is going to have to have the series of his life if Miami wants a shot here. Jokic also, I mean, uh, yes, Jokic in front of a microphone today said, this is not Bam versus me. This is Denver versus Miami. So in fairness to Jokic, he pointed that out. But you're right. A lot of people making a lot about that matchup. Matt is in Jacksonville. Hey, Matt, thanks for the call. Go ahead. What's up, Amber? It's Miami in seven. We all know it in Florida. Miami in seven. You know, the Denver may get this first one just because we're roughed up a little bit. But... All Bam has to do is just score. Bam's an all-star, too. He was at the game with Jokic. Everybody keeps underestimating Bam. Tired of it. Uh, I understand that the under... Well, the underestimation is there. It's very real. You have to consider, Joe, that if Bam can score, and that is a that is a if-if, right? That might be a big if against Jokic. If he can score, Miami is practically unbeatable when he scores over 20 points, but you just saw it in that Boston Celtics series. You saw multiple games with Bam, very limited on offense, including game seven, where he left a lot to be desired. Defensively, though, he was highly effective. Jokic is a whole different beast. Yeah, highly effective against Robert Williams and some of the other bigger guys that Boston was throwing at him. That's one thing. Jokic is the best offensive player in the league, it looks like right now. I mean, the guy is a very small underdog to average a triple-double throughout this series. Average a triple-double against a very good Miami defense. It's not like this is some cakewalk defense. Miami can play, but Jokic has been an absolute beast. And another problem facing Miami, when you look at the Heat, you've got Jimmy Butler as your primary option. Who's number two? I know someone's going to throw Gabe Vincent at me, or excuse me, Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin's red hot. Caleb Martin just shot 60% from the floor in that series against Boston. Some regressions coming for him at some point. Jamal Murray averaged 32 a game against the Lakers. 32 a game. I think his Why stats are we were doing like that, though? Because 32, I, I have to six, stop you five, here because everyone's, everyone's doing that. Oh, Jamal Murray, he's unstoppable. Jamal Murray wasn't unstoppable until these playoffs. Like He took his game up a notch here in the postseason. So why are we doing the whole Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin? They're coming back down to earth, but Jamal Murray's not. I, I don't know. I don't understand why that is the narrative. Jamal because Murray also took his game to another no, level. We've seen it before from not, Murray. Murray did it in the bubble. Murray had an incredible series against Donovan Mitchell. It was an all-timer. We've never seen this from Caleb Martin. Well, we haven't seen it from Caleb Martin. We have seen it in the Miami Heat. They got further in that bubble than Jamal Murray and these Denver Nuggets did. Don't forget. We're going to continue with this conversation. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. (laughs) 
My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Getting you ready for the NBA Finals, which tips off tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. tip-off. Coverage will begin right here on ESPN Radio at 7.30 p.m. No Joe and Amber tomorrow night. You're getting a lot of Joe and Amber tonight getting you ready for that game tomorrow night. We are taking your phone calls on that series. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I see you, Tyler, Chris, Antoine, Hollywood West, Corey, everybody lining up. I see you. Hang on for me. Joe's got a little more advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, we're going to take a big, big swing here. This is a prop you can play in the NBA Finals. Jamal Murray to score more points than Jimmy Butler in every single game they play. 18 to 1. 18 to 1. What is this? 18 to 1 is a implied probability of just 5%. 5%. That's it. That's what 18 to 1 tells you. It says, do you have a better than 5% chance of this happening? And if you do, you should go ahead and make the bet. I do think it's a better than 5% chance of happening. If you look at Butler, he looks like A, he's playing hurt, and B, he's running out of gas. Remember, this is a guy that through the first eight games of the playoffs was scoring 33 points per game. Since then, that number has dwindled to 24 points per game. Also keep in mind, he will be the primary focus of the Denver defense. Jamal Murray will not be the primary focus of the Miami defense. That will be Nikola Jokic, whose scoring always goes down against Miami because he becomes more of a facilitator. Murray averaged 32 points per game in the last round against the Lakers, who are supposed to be a good defense. Miami's supposed to be a good defense. It's a moonshot. 18-1 to that Murray outscores Butler in every game this series. In their 47th season in the NBA, the Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals. We're not satisfied. I think that's one message that's coming out of our locker room right now. We understand that we're heading to the NBA Finals, and we have four more games to try to win. The Heat become just the second eight seed ever to make the NBA Finals. We know we have more work to do, but damn, is this hard. The longer you're around in this business, you realize the harder and harder it is to do something like this. I have that same nonsense stat in front of me where he's scoring Jimmy Butler through the first eight playoff games, 33.5 points per game, and now just 24, just 24 cents. Like, he has really fallen off. Everyone's saying, oh, he's out of gas. He's out of gas. By the way, when he was scoring just 24 points, highly effective on the defensive end of the ball. And also, he didn't have to score more than that because his supporting cast had stepped up so much. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Defense. I'm not betting if, on his defense. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I just think if you're out of gas, you don't play defense at that clip. That's the opposite of what you do. I you said the outside and shoot the ball. You don't play defense. Offense. The argument was his offense. I had no, nothing in that bet has anything to do with Butler's defense, what he means defensively. It is strictly an offensive-minded bet. I just keep seeing all these betting blogs saying exactly what you just said, where it seems like Butler's out of gas. And I just feel like that analysis 
is a little bit nonsense. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at progressive.com. I don't think he's out of gas. I am concerned about the lack of rest. I will Isn't say that, though. Isn't there literally a very famous image of him completely out of gas the last time NBA he was in the finals. playoffs? NBA yeah. Finals, not playoffs. Yeah. NBA Finals against okay. the Lakers. That so was after that right unbelievable this... Game 5, and then Game 6 he was done or whatever it was. Well, is this the Finals? This is the Finals. Just like we that was, there right? Yet. The last he time he was completely him... out of gas? He has not gassed himself out yet. Right, and I think it's it. funny that everyone's giving the nod to Jamal Murray over Jimmy Butler. What are we doing with the playoffs that we just watched? Let's get back to your phone calls before I lose my head. Triple eight, say yes, with eight at eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Antoine is in South Carolina. Hey, Antoine, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, lose Antoine. Let's move on then. I have a feeling this isn't necessarily going. Oh, okay. We're pivoting. I was about to go to Denver. I'm going to hold off on going to Denver. I'm going to go to Chris <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Chris, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, and we don't have a team here. But during these playoffs, I have rooted for Miami, um, saw what they have done. And uh, nobody gave them a chance to beat Milwaukee. Uh, and they, and they, what they beat them in five, they beat, they beat Boston. Should have beat them in six, if not for the referees messing with the clock at the end of the game. And a lot of people thought Boston was the best team that was in the NBA. I'm going to tell you this. If, if it's a close game, Denver better help they're not close games because what you've seen Miami can do, and they play that zone defense, they're going to get Jokic in foul trouble charging, and uh, I think Miami's got a legitimate shot. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that call. Had no idea where it was going to go from Pittsburgh. I appreciate the way that that call went, Joe. He's right, though. A lot of people didn't give any chance to two teams that people often had as better than these Denver Nuggets because, frankly, people were being disrespectful, I think, and sleeping on the Nuggets all season long, which is so bizarre to say for a one seed in the West. But it felt like people were talking about every other team in the West. And for some reason, people were having a hard time buying into the Nuggets, which seems so strange looking back on it with the player that Jokic is and how healthy his supporting cast is for once. Now they're coming in fully with the rest. And it makes sense that people aren't believing that the Heat are going to be able to test this Nuggets team at the same time. Nobody believed that the Heat were going to be able to test anybody else anyways. They're an eighth seed. Well, you watch the Denver Nuggets make quick work of everyone. That's that's part of this. A- anybody who was watching any of the playoffs, watch them run through Minnesota. And it's like, all right, that's Minnesota. We'll see what happens next. Then you get Kevin Durant and uh, Devin Booker. And that was a team a lot of people were excited about once they acquired Durant. And they ran through them. I mean, absolutely annihilated them in that series. All the wins were blowout wins. The losses were close. Then they get LeBron and the Lakers. So there's a lot of star power that's been in their way. And throughout the course of it, they have decimated that star power. They have made those dudes look human, with the exception of the Booker-Durant tandem that ran out of gas at the end and couldn't knock down shots in those final two games once the series was tied 2-2. They completely fell off games five and six. They weren't terrible, but there wasn't any help, and they were being asked to do way too much. On the other side... Miami takes out Milwaukee, very impressive, but the haters are going to point to the fact that Giannis got hurt. You beat the Knicks, the Knicks couldn't hit a shot. No one's going to be too impressed with that. Again, hater perspective, not mine. 
I've been very impressed with what the Heat have done. And then in the series against Boston, you go up 3-0, then you blow it, then you win Game 7, which should be the story, but instead it's more about how pathetic Boston was in that game. So it's been an unfortunate narrative for the Heat, but it doesn't matter because they're here. They can write their own story. Yeah, the narrative hasn't been, oh, well, the Heat forced the Knicks to take all those trash shots, or the Heat also defensively did that to Boston. The narrative instead has been exactly what you said. Hey, Jason Tatum, you know, rolled his ankle in game seven. That's the difference there. Whatever. People have been disrespecting the Heat all season long. And and again, it's an eighth seed. I mean, it's an eighth seed that lost to the Atlanta Hawks in a play-in game and was down with three minutes left in their next play-in game. So it stands to reason that people would not be expecting the Miami Heat to make this run that they have been on. It seems like a miraculous run. And so it feels like if they were able to challenge a Denver Nuggets team that a lot of people expected to be in this situation, it would be nothing short of miraculous. Let's get back to the phone lines. I'm going to take it out to Denver. Tyler is in Denver. Hey, Tyler, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, thank you, guys. I got two things for you. One, I think the matchup nobody's talking about is MPJ. I mean, he's 6'10". Who's going to guard him on the heat? Everybody's 6'5". So I think MPJ could have a really big series. And then is this the first finals where both teams were not picked to win either of their previous two series? Because everybody had the Suns and everybody had the Lakers. So how are the Nuggets going to handle being the favorites for the first time that I can remember in my Nuggets life? (laughs) <laughs> I like that aspect of the conversation. I haven't heard anybody bring that up. And I, I mean, I was just alluding to it that people have been sleeping on this Nuggets team. Again, so bizarre because they are the one seed in the West. But because of the star power on the Suns and because of the star power on the Lakers, a lot of people are choosing those teams. I mean, remember the shifting narrative in that Lakers series with the Nuggets where the Lakers are getting like a game and everyone's like, or actually, it wasn't even that. It was what the first game that they still end up losing. But they're like, oh, they're figuring something out there with Hachimura on Jokic. And like, even though it's a loss, it feels like a Lakers win. Like that was the narrative somehow. And really, the Nuggets were completely dominant in that series. The issue for Denver not getting the respect before the series, before the playoffs started. It's, it's, it's recency bias. People talk about it all the time now because it's come to the forefront. So a lot of people understand how to apply it to arguments and these, these cognitive biases we suffer from. And there are a lot, but recency is the popular one because no one's really seen Denver do it. Like that's the problem. No one's going to get behind Denver because they haven't seen him do it previously. They've seen Durant do it. They've seen the Warriors do it. They've seen LeBron do it. So it's easy to make those picks. Those are comfortable picks. But there's something uncomfortable about picking a team to do something that it's never done before because you don't have that historical reference point of saying, well, yeah, they did it then so they can do it now. That's why a lot of people dog Denver. But I do think that once we get through the finals, if Denver continues playing the way they have, the narrative's going to shift. And people are going to start talking about, is this team built to contend for the next five years? We'll do the stupid sports talk radio thing with, oh, is does Denver have the possibility of being a dynasty? Triple H, say ESPN. Is Denver the next dynasty? No, they're not the next dynasty, but they are going to be elevated into a new category if they find a way to win, just like Miami would be viewed very differently if they find a way to win this series. Well, but to that caller's point, Denver isn't used to being in this situation, right? Where everyone's talking about, oh, the Denver sweep. All of a sudden, Denver has all the respect in the world, and Denver's not used to that. Miami is where Miami is most comfortable being, which is a massive, massive underdog in this series. In terms of the size that that caller just 
brought up Denver certainly size-wise. That is a very, very tall, very lanky team going up against the Miami Heat. I do think that you'll see the Heat do things like play Kevin Love, which you didn't see Kevin Love much in that Celtics or you didn't see him at all in Game 7 in that Celtics. I think you'll end up seeing him some because of the size, Cody Zeller. I'm not saying that those guys are the answer there against somebody like Nikola Jokic. But I do think that you're going to see the Miami Heat trying to throw some more size into that game. Hollywood in Florida. Hey, Hollywood, go ahead. Amber, it's the Floridian trifecta. Florida Gators baseball, Miami Heat, Florida Panthers. Let's go Florida. In terms of the coaching, you have Spolstra versus Malone. Give it to Spolstra. Spolstra has been there, done that. This is Malone's first rodeo. So it's all about Spolstra. And what you do with Jokic, you swarm him the way you've done with Giannis. And when he passes out or tries to, then you get the deflections, you get the steals. I hope that Tyler Hero stays with the Heat for life. I need a hero. You need a hero. We need a hero. Let's go Heat. Heat in six. Heat and six. I like the confidence there. I also like that you brought up Florida Gators baseball SEC champs. It is, uh, in terms of the coaching mismatch, a lot of people were making a big deal out of that with the Celtics series and the Knicks series. I don't know if people think Malone is quite the coaching mismatch for Spolstra as the last two series that the Heat have faced. He's a very well-respected coach, even if they haven't done it yet in an NBA Finals in terms of winning the ring. The way that Miami Heat wins basketball games is shooting threes and stealing the ball. And those are two things that the Denver Nuggets are very good at limiting, but also two things that the Boston Celtics previously were very good at limiting. So again, some of these things we've seen in as the Heat have made their run through the East. I do like that Florida trifecta. Very selective right there. We're not going to talk Gator football, Hurricane football. I don't know Orlando what you're Magic, doing. Again, SEC Marlins champs, Gators baseball. baseball. We There's have the so Panthers in the Stanley in state Cup. As well. We have the NBA Probably Finals. Probably worth mentioning as well. There's, there, no, actually, none of that the is, in fact, worth mentioning. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, we're not going to be mentioning any of that next. What we are going to mention is Travis Kelsey could be looking to kickstart a career in Hollywood. We'll tell you if that is a big deal or not a big deal. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. along here on Joe and Amber. You can find him on social at Joe Formby. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio to listen to us. It is that simple. We have been talking a lot about the NBA Finals. Tips off tomorrow night. Game 1, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Coverage begins right here on most ESPN radio stations at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Let's take a little hiatus, though, from NBA Finals talk. Let's play some big deal, not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Joe and Amber? Our producer, James Steele, is a big deal. Hello, James. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's a great intro. Uh, I am a big (laughs) deal. At least I think so. Uh, So big deal, not a big deal. I'll give you a story and you guys tell me if it's a big deal or not a big deal. And uh, that's how it works. Hopefully we all understand. Okay. Uh, So there's been lots of talk about Supermax deals recently with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum uh, and the Celtics bowing out of the playoffs. Uh, Earlier today on First Take, Joe's close personal friend Stephen A. Smith's A-list was about the players that deserved a Supermax deal. 
That list was as follows. Number one, Steph Curry. Number two, LeBron James. Number three, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number four, Luka Doncic. And number five, Jason Tatum. Uh, noticeably not on that list, Nikola Jokic. Uh, big deal, not a big deal that the guy who's in the finals right now was not on Stephen A's uh, A-list. As Wait, I'm sorry. Okay, so on first contract. take today, what they were doing, on and, and I love you, first take. I, I love you so much. Give me a call anytime you want. But on first take today, what they were doing was just Stephen A. Smith, who should have a Supermax, not, not who's eligible for the Supermax, not even whose contract is coming up here in the next couple of years. None of that. Just like who Stephen A. Smith thinks should be paid the Supermax. Yeah, who deserves it, yeah. Okay. And, and the guy who just won back-to-back MVPs and should have won the MVP this season, who's playing in an NBA Finals and was arguably the best player all playoffs. Why are you making me defend Nikola Jokic right now? I don't want to defend Jokic right now, but that's an absurd take, Joe. It's a big deal. First take, you don't need to call me. I'm going to be joining you tomorrow at 11.15 oh, a.m. as oh, is. It's a Iver. weekly scheduled oh. hit. We don't need to call each other. We know it's going to happen. Right. I'll well, be taking this up. Add Amber from Joe and Amber to that With first my take. close personal friend, Stephen A. Smith. I don't know if we'll get to this sort of thing. We've got more important things to talk to. We know what he's doing. He's entertaining. Leaving Jokic out when Jokic is having one of the great three-year runs in NBA history is on purpose. It also happens to be right as we're about to start the NBA Finals. It's a show that likes to get you worked up. It likes to get you talking. It likes to have other shows and other media outlets talking about him as well because it serves as good PR. So you know what he's doing, but you also know he's a pretty smart basketball mind if you sit down and discuss things with him. And if you were really discussing with him, I have a feeling he would believe Jokic is worth a super max deal. If that was, let me, let me phrase it like this. If the only way his beloved New York Knicks could get Nikola Jokic was by giving him a Supermax deal, he's giving him a Supermax deal. You can bank on that. I mean, I would give him two Supermax deals if I if he wanted to come to the Miami Heat, if that was possible. Go ahead, James. All right, yeah, much to Joe's chagrin. Here we go. Uh, Travis Kelsey recently signed a contract with Creative Artists Agency, potentially... Uh, Potentially paving the way for a career in Hollywood. Kelsey, a two-time Super Bowl champion, I don't know if you know that, hosted SNL earlier this year to rave reviews and also once had his own dating show, which did not get rave reviews. Um, So Kelsey signing with CAA. Joe, big deal, not a big deal. Not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. He's an entertaining guy. And if he gets into movies and TV, that could be a big deal. But right now, taking a pen and signing your name on a piece of paper that is not a big deal to me at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't agree. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal because he signed with CAA, and there's hardly anyone bigger to sign with in that regard if you want to get into Hollywood. I think it's a big deal that CAA would be interested in him. I don't think CAA is signing every NFL player by any means up in terms of representing them off the field. I think it's a big deal that he's doing it now. I think it's a big deal he's doing it during his playing career, and I think it's a big deal who he signed with. I think it shows that he will very much be those things that Joe said would eventually be a big deal, him in movies and beyond. Uh, real quick, in the closing laps of Sunday's Indy 500, Cal Kirkwood's car launched off the back of Felix Rosenquist after the ladders hit the wall between turns one and two. Kirkwood's car flipped and one of his tires was launched over the fence, crashing and damaging a, a fan's car. Wednesday, Penske Entertainment, who owns uh, IMS Track and IndyCar, announced that they would replace that man's car. 
big deal or not a big deal? Uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Also, it seems like a big deal that if a tire can flip over and, and wreck a car that, uh, you know, maybe somebody could have gotten hurt in that instance. So I'm glad it was just a car, Joe. Big deal. That was terrifying. Also, I lost quite a bit of money on that Rosenquist crash. Mm. I had him in a head-to-head matchup with Will Power, who was six <laughs> laps back, so I just needed to finish the race, and he crashed on his own and didn't finish the race. So a very oh, big deal. No, the degeneracy knows no bounds. <laughs> More of that coming up next. Joe and Amber, the podcast.